This episode is titled Gleaming the Cassoulet. He has one of the funniest lines in any movie that I've ever heard, ever. They start arguing and stuff, and he says, Don't give me a jerk off hand job. Oh, that's right. Oh my God, I forgot. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dinner with Nate. My guest today is Flannery Smith. She is an artist, a musician, and a lover of sausage. Today we're making kielbasa cassoulet and discussing the 1989 skateboard movie, Gleaming the Cube. Hi, Flan. Hi, Nate. (laughs) Good to see ya. You too. It's been a long time. Yeah, it really has. Um, So what's going on? You're doing, you're doing uh, this, 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 uh, what is the sketching thing that you're doing right now? Oh, um, um it, yeah, Marky March. March. <laughs> Marky March is what it's called. Uh, it's like a, an Inktober. Uh, okay, but in March. In March. Um, my coworker, Danny, and I decided we needed to get back in the habit of just sketching, drawing, sketching. Mm-hmm. Previous doing... guest, previous guest, Danny Stanger. That's Old it. Danny That's Stanger. Him. Uh-huh. The guitar hoarder. <laughs> so what are, what are the rules with Marky March? Do you, can you draw anything you want? You just have to draw something every day. Is that the deal? It's loose, real loose. Uh, we uh, have kind of, we've brainstormed some like loose ideas of like, oh, here are some categories. If you don't know what to draw, just like maybe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, no rules, no rules. I haven't been doing it every day either. Uh, Danny's been keeping up on it. Yeah, Danny has been doing it every single day. He's been doing lots of different stuff. Uh, Technical drawings, Mm -hmm. uh, abstracts. I love abstracts. He drew the cake he made last episode. Oh, yes. Uh Uh-huh. I loved that one. That was a really great drawing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, just put put a mark on paper. Yeah, I like the cat one that he did. Me too, of his you, cat with and, the black eyes. Yes, and you've drawn my cats before, so that's, uh, you know, I know you've got the skills. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, let's let's talk about this food. Um, I'm excited because it smells really good in my house right now. You did not make it at your house, which is fine. Rub, rub it in, why which don't you? It's fine, but, um, uh, but also, are you vegan or vegetarian? Um, I am pretty solidly vegetarian, okay, leaning vegan, but I will, I cannot claim that. Okay. Uh, So when you make it, so, so listeners, this is a, this is a kielbasa, uh, sausage and like chicken cassoulet. Um, and so that's meat. What yeah, you, you, you might find that funny. You, you might, might find that, that funny. Um, so, <laughs> what would um, like? What would? How would you sub this when you're making it? Oh, so I did do make this vegan one time. Uh, it's pretty much all the same. Get rid of the chicken. Honestly, I feel like the chicken in this recipe is not. Uh, it's not the main. Yeah, I would say it's not the main star. Um, I told you before, I'm a sucker for sausage uh-huh. and I cannot say no, even, you know, I will eat this once a year if, if my dad makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did just make it on my own, I think last about 
about a year ago during the beginning of quarantine. Mm -hmm. um, I had a lot of time on my hands and made a vegan version of this cassoulet with, um, you know, beyond sausage. Okay. And I would say it turned out pretty good. There was some, I would like to try it again. There were some things that the sausage got really wet. Uh, yeah. It kind of, you, I think you have to put that in at the end if you're doing a vegan sausage. Gotcha. Um, you you know what I'm the the vegan sausages that I really like. I mean, I like the Beyond stuff, but only for certain things because it does break down in a weird way. But mm -hmm. um, uh, what is it called? Field field um, field roast. Field roast. Those are awesome. Yeah, I, they're, they're those... more they're more dense too. I wonder if that would work well with this. That's a good idea. I remember those were kind of the first vegan sausages that I ever. Um, I feel like kind of ever really came on the scene that were actually decent. Like I'd bring those to barbecues and cook them up, but I did find them to be kind of dry. They can be, yes. Which and they with, have great flavors. With, with this, you have so much liquid though. Maybe exactly. it wouldn't be an issue. Exactly. I think you're onto something there. Yeah. The fact that they are kind of on the drier side. I think good. my, my only, I, aside from that, my one problem with the theirs are they're like individually wrapped in plastic. Yeah. Which kind of bugs me a little bit. Like they could come yeah. up with some sort of vegan casing. I feel like because beyond does. Yeah. Um, well, and you, you have to do that weird thing where you have to squeeze out the meat from the tube right. and no one <laughs> likes to do that. That <laughs> feels weird for everyone. <laughs> Like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom quick and just do this in private. <laughs> it is gnarly. Yeah. They're hard to get out. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about this, this recipe. So your dad makes this and you really love it. Um, yeah. This is like, you know, this is probably the closest thing we have to a family recipe. No one in my family wrote it, but uh, everyone in my family loves it. And even the, even the vegetarians. Do you know what it's from? I mean, you sent me a picture of a magazine page, and but I don't see like it. Um, it says holiday favorites at the bottom, but it doesn't say like yeah. bon appetit or or like whatever. But I mean, yeah, I wonder. I don't know. We um, it, I got it. I asked. Yeah, I asked my dad um, to to send me like that the recipe. He, he it's mostly in his head at this point. I think he's. Mm -hmm mostly goes off what's in his head but he said that's the this is the base recipe he probably modifies a little bit at this yeah point, right yeah but i didn't ask him where that is from but he sent me that photo and said okay so listeners here's here it, it is called shortcut chicken cassoulet um so it has i and i changed some stuff because i have some picky eaters in my house um but it has four boned skinned chicken thighs my wife will not eat dark meat chicken, so I had to use chicken breast. And I'm going to be sad about that because I like chicken thighs better. Anyway, uh, moving on to the next ingredient is uh, eight ounces of turkey kielbasa sausages. I did not use turkey ones. I got the Olympia Provisions ones, which I'm going to assume are pork. Are they smoked? They are smoked. That's all you need. That's just yep. get anything. It's, like, it's the big one. Smoked. It's the big one that's like one giant one, and it's like a, a horseshoe. So I got Perfect. one. Perfect. Uh, then you need like um, it says an ounce of French bread. I used more than that. I think I felt like I needed more breadcrumbs. 
Because you, yeah. you use the French bread for breadcrumbs, but um, a uh, little olive oil, an onion chopped up, two carrots chopped up, some chicken broth, uh, about two thirds of a cup, a couple teaspoons of fresh thyme leaves, one bay leaf, two cans of cannellini beans, the 15 ounce cans. Cannellini beans have become like one of the hardest things for me to find since quarantine sort of started because I have multiple recipes that I use cannellini beans in and I'll go to any store in the bean aisle and that's the only one that's not available. So I have- I mean, that's, some, that's something I actually want to talk about. <laughs> it, first of all, cannellini beans. Uh-huh. They're white beans. It's a white bean. What's the difference between a cannellini and like a navy bean or just a white bean? Are they all the same or they're- They are not. Um, and I am not a bean expert, but, um, <laughs> but I used great northern beans, which are also white. Yes. But they're not as big. And so, and a cannellini bean is not as big as like a butter bean, for instance. Those are the biggest. Those are huge. The biggest beans. So I don't, I don't know. They are, they are all different beans. I mean, otherwise they would have the same name, I guess. But <laughs> I, I, I feel like there was a conspiracy that they are, they were all just the same. Like they're just, I don't know. Yeah. Package different. Could be. I mean, like I navy, didn't, like navy I, I, beans. Uh -huh. Like maybe that's just like what the like cannellini beans that they gave people in the navy, and then like that just became their name. Like it was like a nickname. I don't know. I thought you might know some know some history on this. Wait, aren't are navy beans white? Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I'm not an expert. Like I said, I feel like they're red, but that's a kidney bean. So. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, so I had to use Great Northerns, which I feel I think like that's fine. They're just not as big. I like the little bit bigger ones. And then you also need some chopped parsley, which I got from my front yard because I have a, I planted a parsley. We made like a planter box, um, you know, a year ago, almost a year ago. Um, and I have enough parsley to start like a parsley store growing. Like nothing else really grew in it, but I have like, I could make parsley a, took over. I could probably separate the front yard from my neighbor's front yard and parsley right now. I mean, it's kind of insane. <laughs> so I just keep telling my neighbors to come take as much parsley as they need. Don't buy it at the store. Yeah, uh, um, man, that's it's a real burden. <laughs> it's a burden. <laughs> you suggested doing it all in a cast iron skillet. Traditionally, that's that's how you're supposed to do it. Like yeah. this is something like a traditional cassoulet, which I think it's uh, French. They would make sounds, it- Sounds French. Yeah, they would. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's something about it that makes me feel like it's French. Uh, but yeah, they would make it in like an old, just like a cast, a big cast iron pan that like no one's ever washed or like a drop right. of water has never touched it. So it's just like baked in flavor. Yeah. In like medieval times, <laughs> like, uh -huh. you know carbonized grease and fat all in there to just mm. and i don't own any non-stick pans 
because I'm like years ago when with like uh what's the stuff that makes it nonstick? Tef- Teflon. Teflon. I just felt like there was something bad about that. And then I remember a lot about it, how it gets into the ecosystem and like now everything on the planet has Teflon in it. Anyway, um, so I have never purchased a uh a nonstick pan. I am a big believer in just like taking care of your pans. Like you don't need a nonstick pan. Um, and a little bit of oil is not going to kill you. Um, but Teflon might. And Teflon <laughs> most likely will be the killer of a lot of people. Um, but uh, I love my cast iron pan. I take really good care of it. And I, I like when I have stuff to cook in it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I bust out my, my uh, uh, cast iron pan. Um, ooh, th- ooh, those are also great. Like for a recipe like this, you're you're doing stovetop stuff, but then you're also you can just slide that right in the oven. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So so this is like listeners. This is a super easy easy thing to throw together. So you you cut up the kielbasa into like half inch you know chunks or slices. Then uh, you take the bread, throw it in a food processor, grind it up so it's like you know like breadcrumbs basically. And then you can toss them in the in the cast iron skillet with a little bit of oil and toast them up and then set those aside. Wipe it out, put a little oil in there, cook your kielbasa and your chicken. Not fully cooked, but like brown it up. Take that out, throw in your carrots and onions. Get the onions nice and softish. You're not trying to caramelize them though, right, Flan? No. Just not, that I, not that I remember. Okay. And then um, once those are nice and soft, probably take, I don't know, six minutes or something like that. Then you put in your um, chicken broth or whatever veggie broth, whatever kind of broth you're using. Um, your thyme, your bay leaf, and then throw the chicken and the kielbasa back in there and the beans and simmer that with the top on it for a while um, until the chicken is basically cooked through if you're using chicken. Um, And then you suggested putting the breadcrumbs on the whole thing after you've cooked it on the stovetop and then throwing it in the oven and toasting them up in there. Yeah. 300 or 350 or somewhere in there. Yeah, and that that will help. uh, Yeah, toast the breadcrumbs and also get rid of any, if you have a lot of liquid in there, it will kind of like solidify it. Yeah. Cool. And that's kind of it. And I almost forgot to put the parsley on it that I got out of the front yard. (laughs) You better load that thing up with parsley. Let's see if I can tip my camera so you can kind of see what it looks like. Oh my God. Is that good? That looks beautiful. Good. My dad never puts parsley on it. It says to do that. No, it makes it look so... Um... Jeff. <laughs> Come on. Jeff, eat your greens. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give this a taste. So, uh, listeners, it's... Um, and it's it's nice. It's not soupy. Is it supposed... It's not supposed to have a lot of liquid, right? Okay. Not really. I was um, afraid I cooked it... Cooked off too much liquid, but... Um... I, I feel like it's that part is kind of variable actually like it kind of kind of depends how you like it I think you could make it where it's kind of I've had it both ways kind of okay. um 
That was tasty. You got a good bite of sausage in there, I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love sausage too, Flan. Mm. <laughs> We're all suckers for sausage. We're on the same page on that one. Um, I mean, I would say that chicken thighs would be better in here because they'd be more moist. Yeah. But, you know, I love my wife, so I changed it. <laughs> that's a really good, that's a nice compromise. <laughs> that's how marriages work. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I've heard. Especially when you've been cooped up inside for like an entire year with each other. You just don't fuck around with stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's called choosing your battles. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, this is awesome. Listeners, this is a, such an easy one. I got to tell you. I mean, it's a sunny day in Portland today. But um, and this is this feels like rainy, rainy weather food. But at the same time, this is kind of what I really wanted to eat today. Because just thinking about it for, you know, a week and a half or however long we've been talking about doing this. It's super good. Yeah. Yeah, it is very good for like a hearty, like stick to your ribs kind of cold day. Like that always, that meal always makes me feel like so warm. Yes. Like, I, also, I feel like every, this is funny, like I will eat meat every once in a while. Mm -hmm. And every time I do, it's You're mostly, a monster. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> and it's usually this sausage that gets me. But like when I do... I experience different body temperatures. <laughs> I get super hot when I eat meat and it's kind of nice. Like I'm cold all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, that definitely the anemia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the lack of probably many vitamins. I'm going to get a glass of wine because you were drinking glass. You were drinking wine and that and looked really good. Mm -hmm. And, um, we're going to pause, and when we come back, we are going to talk about the Christian Slater vehicle, Gleaming the Cube from 1989. And yeah. Okay, listeners, we are back, and I am here with my guest, Flannery Smith. And we are going to talk about Gleaming the Cube from 1989. Um, Flan, you'd never seen this before. No, that I have not. Had um, and let's see. I'm a bit older than you. So you might have missed this one, right? This was... Um, this is 89. This was a year born. after I was born. Okay. I was born in um, 88. So I think I did miss this one. And I have to say, Christian Slater was not a big part of my uh, childhood, my sexual awakening, whatever, what, you know, whatever term you want to use. Uh -huh. He was out of my wheelhouse. I didn't, I, yeah, my wheel, <laughs> my wheelhouse. Uh -huh. Sure. Um, but you, but uh, okay. First of all, uh, listeners, if you have not seen this before, Gleaming the Cube is uh, basically a, it's kind of the tail end of like the the 80s sort of skateboarding BMX 
culture sort of uh, movies that they've like blasted out for like a few years there. It's got Christian Slater, uh, who plays Brian Kelly. He's a 16-year-old skateboarder, lives in Orange County. It's got a whole bunch of pro skaters from that time with little cameos or like background stuff. Tony Hawk has a very prominent uh, part in the movie. Uh, he looks like he's about 6'4 and weighs 95 pounds. Um, <laughs> that is very true. And he's it probably took- 17 or something. He's, he's very young. Um, and he's one of Christian Slater's buddies. And his actual, his name in the movie is Buddy. Uh, and he drives uh, a delivery truck for Pizza Hut, which like was funny too. Um, but there's a that, whole bunch of skaters in it. Go ahead. That Go that ahead. Pizza Hut truck uh-huh. was a big topic of conversation. Were Pizza Hut trucks actually shaped like that? Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Oh so, my god. So yeah, when I like, since I'm a lot older than you, <laughs> um. I, Since like, you can I, remember 1989, I can very vividly. I actually worked at Pizza Hut too. Ah. One of my early, I, probably in 1989 or 1990, I did. Oh my God, are you Tony Hawk? I'm not. I'm are not you tall. I'm not nearly that skinny, and <laughs> not anywhere near that rich. Um, but um, <laughs> anyway, this was like this was like the first sort of like high budget. I mean, I don't know if you call it high budget. It was ten million dollars, but in the eighties, I think for like a teen movie, that was pretty reasonable. Um, it was a total box office failure. I love box office failures on this podcast. It only made like two million and a half, but it became a huge like cult classic on because this was kind of the early days of like VHS and DVD and stuff like that. But now it's like one of the hardest things to find in the U.S. on DVD. The copy that I have um, is actually, I had to get it from Australia and it doesn't play on regular, uh, on US DVD players. So I had to like change the settings in order to watch it. And everyone has an Australian accent in the movie, which is (laughs) totally weird. So weird. There's lots of like shrimp on the Barbie and stuff like that going on in it. It was very odd. Instead of John Wayne's statue at, at John Wayne International Airport, it was actually Mick Dundee. Really screwy. Um, uh, so, so basically, uh, so Christian Slater plays this guy, this kid, Brian Kelly. He has an adopted brother who is Vietnamese, whose name is Vin. Uh, it's, it's not just a skateboarding movie. It's also like a murder mystery, like... Espion, not espionage, but revenge. like it, it, revenge sort of thing. Actually, this one of the subtitles of it in uh, in some in some markets, it was called Gleaming the Cube here, but in other markets, it was called A Brother's Justice. In another market, it was called Skate or Die, which I think that's is right. Perfect. Did you watch? You watched the special features on the DVD, didn't you? Oh. Or, oh, oh, well, that's how I learned that. I watched oh, really? the Central Futures, yeah. And then in the Philippines, it was called Challenge to Win Again. But the reason I kind of picked this for you to see, not only because, like, you hadn't seen it, um, but also uh, because this is actually not necessarily one of my favorite movies, although I did like it. When I was a kid, uh, this is actually one of my wife's favorite movies. 
And the reason that I have an Australian version of it is because I think for one of her birthdays, she really wanted to watch it. And that was the only way I could get a copy of it. So I got, I bought, a, I had an Australian version, you know, mailed. And then I had to find a DVD player that I could change the regional <laughs> setting on so that we could watch Gleaming the Cube. Anyway, that's years ago. It's all in Orange County, California. Yeah, uh, they go to like one of those outdoor high schools. Yeah, that's cool. Huh? I, I always thought that you was so You don't know so what cool. that's like because you grew up here in Portland. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was just like a, like same with the Pizza Hut trucks. I was like, that must just be like a movie thing. Like they just did that for the movie. I always, yeah. every time I, I used to see them, like when I've seen a movie with outdoor, outdoor high schools, I was like, that must just be a movie thing. Not, yeah. not a California thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, I grew up in Nebraska and like, yeah, outdoor high school was not a thing. It's, it's clearly, I think that's so cool though. I know it must, it must give kids such like a sense of freedom. And I always, I always was just like, wow, that's kind of cool. How you just, it is kind of cool. It's just the only thing that's inside is the classrooms, but everything else, like also you'd always see them like eating lunch outside. Yes. In a nice courtyard. Yeah, in Nebraska in December. No. You know, they were lucky. Um, So anyway, so his brother, Vin, works for, um, he helps out at, uh, what is it called? It's the VACRF, which is the Vietnamese Anti-Communist Relief Fund. So it's like, it is, he works for a guy who was like a colonel in the Vietnamese um, army um, and is now uh, lives in the U S and he runs an organization that um, sends like health supplies and things like that back to Vietnam to help. I feel like in a lot in the eighties, there were a lot of movies like sort of like tying the Vietnam conflict with like everything. But um, yeah. so so this, you know, skateboarding movie, eh, it has to have something to do with Vietnam, apparently. Um, so anyway, Vin kind of keeps the books for the place. And he discovers that there's some some numbers are sort of off. And he thinks that like the the organization is being like kind of taken advantage of, like somebody's like kind of. Uh, d- d- either charging them more than they should or they're not getting as much stuff as they should be for what they're being charged. But yeah, he's um, also a very, um, w- what you would call a t- type A uh, yes. guy. Uh, you can, there. I like the, the juxtaposition between the Christian Slater character and uh, his brother, Vin. Mm-hmm. They have two sides of the bedroom and it's just like, you know, one you one bed you could just like bounce a quarter on and then christian slater slide is like the punk mm-hmm. unruly posters everywhere yeah they like really hit they really hit that home where it's yeah. like oh yeah this guy's vin is the he's the bookish fellow. yes the, the adopted kid is the 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 golden child of the household and yes. brian is sort of the the slacker so of course he would go, of course he would go investigating this. The numbers are off. Something's off. He has to yeah. make the numbers right. Yeah. It, it, like, he's like, maybe like, did I, did I do something wrong or no? Wait. Um, so he's stressed out about this because he can't let it go. And uh, Brian comes in 
to the bedroom and Vin's smoking. And this is the, this is, <laughs> yeah. this is the best. This is such the best thing because um, I was like a, sort of a BMX kid and like had like bleached hair and, and like, you know, people would think that I was like a punk and stuff, but I never <laughs> smoked a cigarette or drank anything or smoked pot or anything like that when I was a kid. <laughs> Later, that's a different story. But um, you doubled down. Yeah. <laughs> but this was like perfect because, you know, the 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 golden boy is sitting on his bed smoking a cigarette and the skater <laughs> kid, Brian, comes in. He's like, you're smoking. That shit will give you cancer, man. And I'm like, that's right. The skater kid is the responsible one when it comes to health. That was a really good uh, Christian Slater impression, too. Actually, I, the thing with Christian Slater is he sort of always seems like he's emulating Jack Nicholson. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, like, <laughs> makes so much sense. I was like, I couldn't quite put that fine of a point on it, but I was like, he seems like always kind of like an angry Jewish man, like where he's but always kind of like. And his eyebrows, too, wrestling. are always like Jack Nicholson. They, like, always kind of, like, they're like this. And he's like. Are li adults are living under the illusion that that life as we know it is is going to continue forever so they they expect you to behave as what you do today will have any effect on what you'll be in 30 years you know that's that's like a speech that he gives at some point like to vin just saying how like none of this matters dude <laughs> but it's God. so jack nicholson-y <laughs> um it it flashes to later in the evening and Vin is on his scooter and he's going to check out. This is the, this, this right here is like my, like, why would a kid do this? But um, he goes to the warehouse, um, which is called Westpac medical supply. So he, so he breaks in easily. Um, you know, uh he breaks yeah, in that was really easy for him yeah i think security in the 80s was probably not i guess maybe not as high tech as it is now <laughs> but he breaks into this warehouse <laughs> good guess um, and it, although they do have like motion sensors so well no he sets the first one off vin does oh that's right that's right late yeah okay so he's trying yeah, yeah. he he goes in he's trying to open a crate, but doesn't get it open. Just he at, does make a lot of noise. He makes a ton of noise. He's not even worried about. He has tool. I don't know if he brought tools with him, but he had like he finds a hammer. A, yeah, he finds like two multiple tools. A hammer. There was something else there, maybe a screwdriver, yeah. but um, and uh, he makes too much noise, and then this guy shows up, and he's like. Are you security? He's like, no, I'm the owner. And he's holding, the guy's holding a gun too. Yeah, straight so, away he comes in around the corner holding the gun in front of him, mm -hmm. pointing it. Uh, so they, they, this guy takes Vin to some seedy hotel where uh, this other guy um, who we've seen earlier because I think he works at the, at, at the place also. His name is Bobby mm -hmm. Nguyen. Now, they're arguing and trying to find out like who he works for and all this stuff. And he's like, I'm a teenager. Like I'm just, I work for the, I work for the organization that like, I was just trying to find out what was going on with the numbers. And 
the creepy thing is this this Bobby Nguyen guy like has wet a towel and twisted it all up and is has it around Vin's neck and is just kind of like faux choking him like sort of more to like freak him out there's a knock at the door and it's his boss uh the colonel uh colonel track and he knows him he's just like he's just a kid it's okay like you know he's not going to tell anybody you know what we're doing and then you hear bobby sort of like upset in the room and they come in and he's accidentally choked vin to death he's dead he wrapped that towel a little too tight. A little bit. He's like, whoopsie daisy. Okay. So he killed him. My finger him. slipped. So, so uh, Vin's dead. They make it look like he hung himself in the bathroom and leave. And then housekeeping finds him the next day. This is when we first, the next day when the cops come, this is kind of, oh, this is the second time we see this detective guy who seems yeah. to be at every everything in orange county apparently he's uh he's like we, we called him me and my roommates when we were watching this we called him hot cop uh-huh because he's a hot cop he's kind he doesn't of wear yeah he doesn't wear the uniform he kind of just wears like a, a loose button down unbuttoned over maybe a badge he's a detective yeah he's yeah he's like closed. very casual mm-hmm. very good looking so he He's played by the actor Stephen Bauer. Stephen Bauer has been in tons of stuff. He was in Scarface, uh, Traffic. Um, Is he playing cops in all of these? Nope. Uh, Here's the interesting thing about him. His real name, Stephen Bauer is his actor name. His real name is Esteban Ernesto Esquivara Sampson, and he is from Cuba. Oh. What a weird name to change your acting name to. I know. Steven Bauer. It's almost too boring. (laughs) (laughs) Like you could have found like maybe a middle ground between maybe a name you think no one will recognize and like Steven Bauer. No offense to any Steven Bauer's out there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I, it just seemed like a very like completely made up. It was just like "Eh, uh, Steven Bauer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's no connection (laughs) to like, (laughs) yeah. But um, yeah, he's good. He's been in tons of stuff, and he's actually, he's he's he he's a pretty decent actor in this in this movie. Um, and I also uh, relatively I, speaking, relatively, I mean, yes, there's a low bar here. Um, <laughs> but um, the the interesting thing about his character is like I like. It's nice to see in some '80s movies, like sometimes you get like there's been multiple 80s movies that I've done on here where you get like homophobic slurs and 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 things like that that pop up sometimes N- now when I hear stuff like that I'm like whoa like I get kind of taken aback the thing I liked about his character is that when he comes into the hotel and the kid is dead the guy says yeah this Chinese kid you know came in last night and he killed himself and he's like he's actually vietnamese and the guys guys like they all look the same and he's like no they don't you know and i kind of like i kind of like in 1989 i really like that felt good 
to have yeah, a character say something like that in a movie in the late 80s because it's when feel like that happened a lot I don't know I think you're right when um I was pretty concerned actually when in the beginning of the movie when Vin was introduced mm-hmm. and like when he was there was um there were some like backing soundtracks when he would be on the screen that were like that's clearly problematic. <laughs> a little problematic like it was like very clearly like some like an asian yes <laughs> instrument it only it was only when he was like doing stuff you'd have this so my heart yeah my heart kind of like went like oh no like where if this is happening now like how bad is this how racist is this gonna be mm-hmm. yeah but you're right that is like that was very saying that so plainly was like is of very he was very um forward thinking for the time yeah yeah because i mean yeah with how many 80s movies i've revisited doing this like sometimes i'm like jesus christ like i like his character because of Mm -hmm. because of that he he's like he's like the good detective that's trying to do you know that's trying to do his job in a good way um and uh he he sort of a little bit seems like he kind of he's protective of Brian for some reason. Like he is trying to help him out throughout the movie. Um, I think at some point they have a conversation where he's like, he's like, you're a fuck up. I was a fuck up. I, I see it. You know, it's the same thing. And, yeah. you know, just get your shit together. Like I did, you know, mm. it, it, like he's sort of trying to mentor him in a way. I don't know. I kind of like it anyway. Um, so Vin's dead. Everybody thinks it's a a suicide. Brian does not believe that this is the case. Like, Vin would not kill himself. Like, why would he? Like, there seems to be no reason that he would. Like, he was was the golden child. He did, you know, he did no wrong. He wasn't really into any bad stuff. There was, aside from smoking. Except for the smoking. Um, So, so Brian kind of goes on this, like, one man force, I'm going to figure out what happened kind of thing. He finds um, like a the piece of paper that Vin had that has like the list of like medical supplies and things like that where, where the numbers didn't add up. Yeah. But it's, it's all it in him Viet- doing all the, yeah. Oh, it's yeah, all, yeah. It's all in Vietnamese. So he doesn't yeah. know what it says, but he kind of feels like there's something, you know, here. Why would he have this? It's like on like yellow legal paper. So he goes to uh, the part of town where there's a lot of uh, Vietnamese like shops and stuff and is just like randomly asking people to, can you read this for me? I don't speak Vietnamese um, and no one's no one's listening to him. Um, and then he goes into this pool hall and a guy looks at it and he's like, oh no, it's drugs. He's like, what? And he's like, yeah, it says right here, drugs. Where did you get this? And then Bobby Nguyen walks up. That's right. And Brian doesn't know him, but this is the guy that killed his brother. And he sees it and uh, doesn't say anything. He's just like, where'd you, where'd you find that? And he's like, oh, I, I just, I just found it. And then he leaves. So at some point, Bobby makes a phone call on a payphone. Listeners, if you're 
really young, you don't know what that is, but it, they there used to be phones in boxes on <laughs> the side of the road all over the place, and you can make phone calls from them. Anyway. <laughs> um, and you had to stay connected to the cord. You couldn't leave the box because the, yeah. the phone was connected into the into the box. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it took coins. So Bobby's making like a phone call and telling, uh, which we find out later, is the colonel and the dude that runs the medical supply place. He's like, meet me there. I need to talk to you guys. And as he's doing that, Brian gets in the back seat of this dude's car and like crouches down. With his skateboard. With his skateboard. Mind you. Yep. Somehow he, crams, he, caught... he crams it all in there. Yeah, yeah. Would you not notice someone in your back seat with a, like a boy with bleached tips crouched behind your, your seat with a I skateboard? Would. Especially if you were like you a paranoid it. guy that has like a gun and a knife underneath your front seat. Totally. Um, you'd probably think about that. Uh, can I just say that his car was freaking <gasps> rad? Okay. It had suicide doors. Yes. It was a cool there car. Were, I'm not like, I'm not a huge car nerd. I don't know anything about cars, I but I did notice the cars in this. And my roommate, who is a big car nerd, mm-hmm. pointed out multiple times how many cool, fu- cool cars there were. You can, you can cuss. It's okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I censored myself. No, it's good not to cuss. Okay. I'm trying to cut. I'm trying to cut back. Okay. <laughs> The cars were really cool in this movie. Um, yeah, do you know what kind of car it specifically that was? No, it, I'm sure it was something like a a Lincoln or a something. Mm-hmm. I think I knew somebody that had a Lincoln that had suicide doors at one point. <laughs> anyway, so he rides <laughs> in the car to a orchard. The current or he meets Bobby meets the colonel. And the guy that runs the the medical supply company, Ed Lawndale, Lawndale, played by Richard Hurd. He's also been in a lot of movies. Is, okay, is that the guy? He was on Seinfeld. It's he possible. Was one of, uh, it's one of George's I'm, bosses. I'm looking him up. TV. It's this yep. guy. Look, Seinfeld. Look at your, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy. Matt Do you Wilhelm. See him? He was on there for eleven episodes. Yep, that's him. Yeah, yeah he was on Seinfeld. What um? What's his character's name on that? On Seinfeld? Yeah, Matt, I can't remember. Matt Wilhelm. Oh, oh, that's his character name. Yeah, character name. Well, good. Glad we cleared that up. That was driving me crazy. I was like, oh. Yep. Who was? I mean, if you if you go on on Wikipedia or or IMDb and look at his, it, like the dude has been in everything. I just like scrolling through since like 1977 he's just been in stuff do you think he's still alive yeah he is wow uh, god he's got to be like 90 oh, no sorry oh he died last may oh mm. god uh, oh well. well he was 87 r.i.p yeah richard heard um Let's see. So he, uh, uh, so they meet, they meet at this um, orchard and have this whole argument about like Bobby Nguyen wants to go to, he wants to leave, he wants to, uh, he wants to leave and wants them to take care of it. And he has a pistol. 
he pulls a gun out and they all have like an argument and this he has one of the funniest lines in any movie that i've ever heard ever they start arguing can't wait for stuff. this one <laughs> they start arguing and stuff and he says don't give me a jerk off hand job oh that's right oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> And I had to rewind it a couple times because I was like, what did he just say? And that's like one of the funniest things. Like, like, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> don't give me a jerk off hand job. Yeah. I'm going to start saying that. I know. Um, I think we should bring that back to the, the lexicon. I don't think it ever was in the lexicon. <laughs> <laughs> um. Why that didn't catch on. I, I don't know. <laughs> probably the same reason that gleaming the cube didn't. Um, well, that man. <laughs> we can talk about that. That's later. too bad. Yeah, that's too bad. We gotta touch on that later. Um, so they have this argument. He says that great line, and then um, they sort of wrestle. Uh, he he and uh, Lawndale kind of get into it, and Lawndale turns the gun and shoots him and kills him. And then he falls against his his car window, the back window, and. Brian is looking up and sees him with the bloody hands like slide down the window. So they throw his body in the trunk and just leave the car there and they split. Brian then bolts and goes and finds the detective guy and says, they killed this guy and they go out there. And of course the car is gone. There's no evidence of anything happening. The detective thinks he's just fucking around and like kind of losing it because of his brother being dead. And, um, and yeah, but Brian, he will not give up. He knows that something's happening. Um, oh no. And whenever something bad happens, there's sort of a, a vignette of him like rage skating. Oh yes. Yes. Like very, um, almost like gracefully, dancing on his skateboard like yeah after this one really him, special like, moves it's it's like freestyle skating immediately just knowing what i know about skateboarders immediately i'm like that's rodney mullen um as the stunt skater because rodney mullen is like was was and is probably the best like freestyle skateboarder of all time and is it really it, him yeah it's him it's, oh, okay. it's rodney mullen doing it in with like a christian slater wig on um but um yeah all of the all of the like real heavy duty sort of skate stuff is done by like you know stunt doubles not stunt doubles but professional skateboarders at the time i think mike mcgill did the majority of his like ramp stuff yeah uh i did uh while watching the extras on the dvd um they did give a little background into Chris, uh, Christian Slater did get quote unquote comfortable with his skateboard oh. enough to like where he was cruising down the street. He just looked like he knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, clearly they had like stunt doubles do the fancy footwork. Totally. I'm sure Christian Slater can do an Ollie and like ride a skateboard. Yeah. And stuff like that. But there was, he was not doing that. <laughs> No, that was like ballet on a skateboard. That mm -hmm. this movie is that that well, at least this this portion of the movie is kind of like the 
kind of like a the Billy Elliot of <laughs> sk- skateboard movie. Like well, he gets mad or he gets like uh huh. He's got to I don't know, work it out. No. He's got. He's just got to dance it out. Yeah. Well, did you ever see Footloose? Oh yeah. It's like that. It, it, mm-hmm. It's very similar. It's like oh, he's in some weird abandoned warehouse that he found and is like just working it out on his skateboard. He's got it. Yeah, and no one sees him. He's in his own. He's, he's gleaming the in cube. His own realm. He's, he's gleaming, gleaming the cube. He's gleaming the cube. <laughs> Do you know um, what you know what the that move is? Gleaming the cube. I didn't know if there was a move. I read about like where where the name came from. Tell me what tell me what you found out. Uh, gleaming the cube is when you're you're like uh okay. I'm going to try to use some skateboard uh, terminology that Do it. I'm not familiar with. <laughs> like the lip of the... Oh, they do a lot of, in this movie, skating in pools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got, in the beginning of the movie, they get... They hire, like, a pilot to, like, go... Scout out all the empty pools. And yeah, like, they go up in the, in the in his plane. And he's like, land there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is actually where they first meet the detective. True. Yeah. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. when you're on the lip of, a, say, a pool or like a half pipe or something, and you uh, <laughs> you make a right angle with your skateboard, uh-huh. it's like a little. I think it's a lip trick. You're okay. technic. You're gleaming the cube, like okay. putting a little gleam on that right angle. Okay. That's. Did you get that from? Did you get that from the bonus footage features or something? Or did you just make no, but they they did that move in the beginning in that in that po- abandoned pool. Uh-huh. They go, yeah. There's like Tony Hawk and those guys. They're like, yeah, gleam the cube, and then they oh, show right. the guy going. Dee, dee, dee. Well, it's like a I, real quick move. Yeah, I remember Yabo, which is <laughs> which is one of the other. Um, which is we'll get to him in a second. He has like the coolest um, like teen bedroom on the planet. <gasps> So yeah, so Yabo um at some point tells Christian Slater, like, you know, you gleam the cube. It, you like meaning you push your limits to the edge is what it, is what it is. So I looked it up and it's sort of so the film refers this I'm reading this from Wikipedia. The the title of the film refers to the cryptic question: Have you ever gleamed inside a cube? which Gary Scott Davis asked Neil Blender in an interview in the December 1983 issue of Thrasher magazine. There's no other explanation to it, but I mean, this seems like, have you ever gleamed inside a cube? That seems like something you say when you're on acid. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it's like, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But, it's um, a stretch. Where, it's a stretch to figure yeah, that's, out what. I mean, that's where they got it from. In the movie, they sort of say that it's like pushing your limits to the edge. And then they do cheer on Yabo when he's like skating, like, gleam the cube, man. And I just wonder if like Tony Hawk and those other guys were just like, why the fuck are we saying this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one says gleam the cube. Yeah, uh, I mean, maybe it is more of a like philosophical thing where it's like uh yeah push yourself the limits shoot shoot for the stars right be a shining star gleam the cube gleam the cube um so anyway where were we okay so he rage skated 
yeah 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 uh, or rodney mullen did in his place and then um then he decides <laughs> i was gonna skip over this part but then he sort of like tries to befriend vin's um girlfriend um who is the colonel's daughter so her name is tina track and uh she's she kind of isn't isn't up to be like friends or anything with Brian because she's not allowed to associate with American boys. It was okay to associate with Vin because he was Vietnamese, but not with not with Brian. Um, and she sort of makes some backhanded comments about the way he dresses and how he you know looks like <laughs> shit for the most part. Um, but he doesn't. He just looks like a skater. Um, so he so there's like the the like montage of him like cleaning himself up and then goes full preppy for a little while to the point where he sort of looks like zach from saved by the bell <laughs> uh, like his hair's like slicked back and he's wearing like big sweaters and like khakis and and like carries a briefcase sort of thing to high school for some reason instead of yeah and everyone when he wakes up in the morning and he puts that on everyone in his life like crashes their car because they're like <laughs> who is this kid or like breaks dishes in the sink his mom yeah. is like doing dishes and turns around and just like <laughs> like who are you uh -huh. and everyone at school is just like gets tina notices uh-huh totally because now he's all cleaned up mm -hmm. but his <laughs> friends uh really make fun of him i feel like i did that once in high you school. tried to change yeah i did mm -hmm. did you get made I, fun of I, i'm pretty sure yeah like you know I, was I it for a girl probably um yeah i remember one time just like like totally changing it up and i got like gray pleated pants i had a pink polo shirt i had like uh the the kind of shoes that you wear without socks um in the late 80s you can wear you can wear any shoes without well, socks well not not necessarily i mean they well, were sort of like well, pseudo dressy shoes okay but not like i went preppy for like you know like four days and then realized i wasn't being true to myself <laughs> you get some rage skating and yeah <laughs> had your um, moment but yeah it was yeah i remember doing this one time like i'm gonna i'm just gonna change it up and felt like a total dipshit, which just, I hope yeah. Ryan did also. He well, he did look like a dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> just you know, be true. He looked so bad. <laughs> oh man, his pants were like up to his tits. Like it was just like <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. <laughs> he looked like an eighty-year-old man. Uh -huh. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> so he does that kind of befriends uh, Tina um because kind mostly he i mean he is doing it you you realize like a little bit later he is doing it totally for nefarious reasons he wants to get into her house and find out what her dad has to do with vin's death and like try to get some evidence so he's like he's detectiving right now you know he's he you know he goes in he steals um he he asks if he he goes to her house. He asks if he can use the bathroom, and then you know goes and does the look through the dad's 
like drawers and stuff in his office and takes a um takes a lighter like a fancy old uh zippo Mm -hmm. engraved uh, that's engraved and uh with the colonel's name on it and it has has some stuff in vietnamese but I, i think it was a gift from somebody um so he takes that i'm not even sure why he would take that but that doesn't seem evidency but um maybe he thought it was cool <laughs> so he took it. <laughs> yeah maybe he's just a klepto you know yeah, he's like i could burn some- oh i know why he uses it and, and he takes a baseball hat oh i missed that Cause, part because the because the captain the the colonel always wears um always wears a baseball hat that i think is like is it the lakers i have no recollection of this There's, okay so he has this hat and um that that the colonel always wears then he then brian goes to the uh medical supply place he uh distracts the two security dumb dumb security guards by throwing fireworks inside their little like um like trailer shed like office thing he makes locks- a big 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 explosion like he does big. yeah big, so he big. he locks the, the he throws some fireworks inside this little shed the the security guys go in there he locks the door and then like rolls it it's like a you know it's like a one of those portable things that's on wheels rolls it and then he he takes a gas can with a rag out of it hanging out of it puts it on his skateboard lights that on fire with with uh with the colonel's hat like he left the colonel's hat there so it looks like the colonel did it. But then he pushes it into a propane tank, which then explodes. Oh, that's the big, big explosion. That's the big explosion. Yeah. And then when uh, Lawndale comes to find out what the hell's happening at my warehouse, he finds this hat and thinks the colonel had something to do with it. Because the colonel would totally leave his fucking hat behind. And why would he blow it up anyway? It made like why would the colonel do any of this stuff? But again, you have to like there's a large amount of of uh, suspension of disbelief in this movie, and, and you know it works for the plot points. Yeah, it, it moves the plot. It moves along. Plot. It's not too suspicious. It's like kind of like you're like, eh, would that happen? And then you're just on. You just move on. You just move on. It's good. It's good. We. Yeah. I mean, we know what what's happening regardless of if it seems really really far-fetched but that's okay so you know this kid's on a mission he's got to find out who killed his his brother um so he blows that up oh we skipped over something shit when brian before brian blew up the warehouse he found that they were shipping guns inside the warehouse remember he went in the warehouse first yeah he did and that's where he like um that's he dodged he dodged all the security cameras right. he like knew yeah. exactly where they were he, he went like, through the roof the- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man. um sorry so yes listeners will track back for one second and so before he blew up the warehouse he um he discovered that the they were ac- they're actually shipping like military grade weaponry to vietnam um so they're basically gun runners and that's why he blew it up and knows that they're doing bad stuff. Okay, jump jump back forward. He's going to school the next day, right? And he gets chased by those motorcycle dudes. 
So yeah, so, yeah, I remember this. So he has. They know it's him. They figured out that it's him. These motorcycle uh, gang guys that work for um, either Colonel Track or for Lawndale, we'll find out soon, uh, go after Brian on his way to school. Um, and in the process... Uh, Brian does a is skating downhill very fast. Oh, yeah. He's doing that this is like downhill. a crazy scene. Yeah, it's cool. Um, uh, yeah. Um, oh, also, like, talking about, like, the skateboarding in this movie, like... I noticed something where they they do a weird style thing like I know in the 80s skateboarding was I guess this was almost the 90s but like they like arm pads or shoulder pads and knee pads El- elbow pads El- yeah. <laughs> no, shoulder arm, pads. arm pads shoulder pads yeah well, whatever yeah <laughs> joint pads mm-hmm. uh which I don't think is cool these days like I don't think kids wear that but also I noticed that they were wearing uh, Tony Hawk and that other kid, uh, one of their other friends. Yabo. Yabo. They wear them around their ankles. Like they're like. That's when they're not skating. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had friends that did that too. When they're just like walking around, they'd slide them down just so they had them ready. If they were like, I'm going to go, I got to pull them up to my knee. Always prepared. Well, it's cool that they wear those. Yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, this that scene where he's being chased by the motorcycles is like, he's got to be going like, he's going like down like curved, curved hills. And he's got to be going like 30 miles per hour. Yeah. I knew guys that did that. And so you have to, to do the like tight turns or to like, like slow down, you know, you would kind of like slide, but yeah, you slide, but you would have to put your hands down on the pavement going that, that fast. Mm-hmm. So they would have gloves that they then wrapped in duct tape. So it was like really, really thick. So you could like lean back and like burn off some of the duct tape <laughs> as you were going. But it was like, it was pretty crazy. Like they go yeah. super fast. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's downhill skateboarding. Yeah, I feel like I that think was, was the scene that gave me most anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like one of those things where like you you can tell they didn't speed up the film. It's like, no, he's going that fast. Yeah, I totally that was a crazy scene. That was that was cool. You're gonna need like to watch that. Thrashin' now. I think I'm gonna have to watch a lot of yeah, the, Thrashin' sounds so cool. Thrashin' is one isn't listeners, this is another skateboard movie if you're into skateboard movies. So Thrashin' is another skateboard movie from the 80s, starring Josh Brolin as the main person and there is a really crazy downhill skateboard scene in that one also also the red hot chili peppers show up in that movie oh i'm in whether that's good or bad i'm just saying and it's the original ones before uh the, <laughs> the, the before the original guitarist died so it's wow. like it's so it's like 85 or something that movie came out but anyway um the two of the motorcycle guys get caught and take him back to the precinct and get uh, interrogated. But they're not giving anything up and they keep talking to each other in Vietnamese. So our favorite detective, um, Stephen Bauer. Hot cop. Hot cop. Uh, he has a buddy on the force that speaks Vietnamese. 
and he brings him into the room, but does not tell Unseen. the guys. But does not tell the guys that he does. And they're interrogating them, trying to get them to tell them who put them up for it. And then they just kind of laugh and speak to each other in Vietnamese. And then the the other cop like turns to hot cop and says, Lawndale. And he <laughs> says something to in Vietnamese back to the guys. And then they're both like, oh shit. We just gave it all up. So they know it was Lawndale that had something to do with killing Vin. And now everything's falling apart. Brian has no skateboard. So he goes to visit Yabo. Yabo is super weird. Does he live in an underground bunker? He does. So his parents, like, his parents seem cool. Like you only see them for a second, but they seem really cool. And they go into the backyard, um, Brian and Yabo, and there's a hatch in the grass in the backyard. So they go in, they go down into it. And I don't know if this was like an old bomb shelter or, I mean, it's definitely not a tornado shelter because they're in Southern California. Um, or if it's like a septic tank that they turned into like an apartment. <laughs> <laughs> but Yabo lives underground in like a metal container in the backyard under the backyard. And it's like, it has like a mini skate ramp in it and like a, like sort of a shop table where he like builds things. And he's sort of like for a minute, he's sort of like the skateboard version of like Q from James Bond. So he needs, an, so Brian needs a new deck. Yabo has built this deck that is metal. Has a really cool um, uh, graphic on the bottom of it. So it's it's made out of metal. He sets it all up for Brian. And then, uh, then cut to Brian, like, riding it, racing, racing to wherever he needs to go. And yeah. the skateboard, uh, like, the sound effects that they use for this part I don't know how you watch this movie, but I did it. I do it with headphones and it's like the skateboard sounds like a rocket ship going. <laughs> it was like, I just listened to it on normal, uh, normal TV speakers. Okay. Uh, I do. I do feel like I remember it feeling very like <laughs> amplified. Yes. They're, like they were really trying to like build up like this is the most badass skateboard ever invented, you know? Yeah. Cause you said it was metal. Uh-huh. which is which is true it definitely was metal mm-hmm. in it was physically metal but it was also like metal like rock like and roll metal rock and roll yes. metal <laughs> it's black and chrome that's yeah. it like yabo's about to put white wheels on it for him and he's like no 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 i want the black ones and he's like these won't give you any traction man it's just for speed and he's like yeah put them on because they're black. He knows what he's, he knows what he's getting into. Don't ask him. Don't ask him twice. So, <laughs> so yeah. So he goes to try to to find out what's going on. He goes to um, the tracks house, uh, Tina and and the colonel's house. Just he's watching from outside in their backyard, and just as he gets there. Lawndale shows up and he and Colonel Track are having an argument. Colonel Track doesn't want to have anything to do with this stuff anymore. So Colonel Track and Lawndale are arguing. Um, 
he says he colonel track says i don't want to do this anymore i'm done with this no more no more war stuff i'm i'm done and lawndale's like no who cares it's just this one kid knows and he's like no my daughter knows too are you going to kill her too and then he grabs her lawndale grabs tina and holds a gun to her right and then brian is outside seeing this and he's like it's time to do it and he like drops in the skateboard on their crazy um like lawn feature <laughs> that's in their backyard <laughs> that just happens to be like a really good drop in skateboards thing and then he launches over their concrete like pool that's in the backyard and then like pulls a method air and smashes through the glass and stuns everybody and then lawndale shoots colonel track in the process and then lawndale bolts then at the exact same time hot cop shows up they they go after lawndale <laughs> yeah because all the, there are like three so, cars involved and the skateboard right so in this chase scene lawndale, i couldn't tell you what happens yeah but. so lawndale's in a car brian and hot copper in a car and then for some reason there's a phone in the car that they're using right yes um and and brian calls tony hawk uh, buddy and says right. get the guys together that's right uh, tony hawk is asleep in his bed sleep he is dead asleep he's in dead sleep i think yabo calls him first though mm -hmm. yabo wakes him up first and then yeah. oh yes yes yabo wakes up tony hawk and then later uh kristen slater calls yabo on a payphone from a car phone so, <laughs> so, so slater's on a car phone with hot cop calls Yabo on a payphone, which is outside of the Pizza Hut. And he's like, okay, meet us here. And it's like every pro skater from the 80s in the back of a truck. Yeah, that, piled. A, a Pizza Hut truck that Tony Hawk is driving. And, yeah, a very and there's fancy that, like, Pizza Hut truck. <laughs> there's that like stereotypical shot where they all kind of come over the ridge of like the hill. And it's like the Pizza Hut truck. And then like a bunch of skateboarders, they're taking up the whole road yeah. and they're coming down and it kind of zooms in on Tony Hawk driving the Pizza Hut truck. And he looks like really calm. He's not even on a skateboard. It's Tony Hawk. Like that's the <laughs> one guy. And then everybody else is. And then it's, it's like ironic. them sort of like helping out uh, bring Lawndale down. Um, so there's a, a big, big chase. That was a long chase scene. Like you was, really, that was in general chase scenes like i just zone out like i i can't follow <laughs> just give me any chase scene i won't be able to follow it. that one was no exception mm -hmm. but it did feel extremely long but the ending the beginning and the ending the ending especially was like yeah because like he does you what happens exactly like the skateboard he does like, some he the skateboard basically like knocks the gun out of the guy's hand right yeah he's still on the skateboard though oh okay. like, you know he kind of like launches off of like a cement embankment thing and f and they do like one of those shots where like the camera's like really low and he's probably only like three feet in the air but it looks like he's like flying like yeah. eight feet in the air yeah and like it's him flying through the air and then he 
just as Londale's holding the gun up, then then uh, Brian Christian Slater smashes into him, knocks the gun out of his hand, and then then he falls into like traffic, you know. Um, and then and then Londale gets arrested, and they take him away, and all that stuff. One of the, do you know who the Aquabats are? Yeah, they're like oh. a ska band, right? Yeah, so and they're like goofy. Um, yeah, one of the guys, one of the skateboarders is uh, the the at the time he wasn't, but he would be the future lead singer of the Aquabats. And oh, he also cool. and he's also the co-creator of Yo Gabba Gabba. This guy Christian Jacobs, he plays one of the skateboarders, Gramic. Oh, I liked Yo Gabba Gabba when my kids were little. It was a good show. Yeah, is that a, a kids? It was a weird kids show that. Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Oh, I I remember watching a few episodes of that because they had like musicians on. They always had like a musical guest. Yeah. Yeah. And then they also would have like Bismarcky on there and he'd do Biz's beat of the day or something. That's pretty cool. Anyway. That's cool. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, I was like, oh, that's the guy from the Aquabats. Cool. Um, But yeah. uh, Yeah. And that's kind of like the end of it. And for some reason, at the very, very end, you have Christian Slater at at Vin's um, grave, kind of like saying his goodbyes and like all of this stuff. And then uh, Hot Cop is there with him and they kind of go off together. And I'm like, so are they buddies now? Like, where's his parents? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good question. Like, like Hot Cart really takes the role, like almost. He, I mean, he's Big Brother. He's yeah, Big Brother. Totally, he becomes. He's not like, Daddy, you know. Yeah, he's like uh, this kid. You know, he's like me when I was a kid. I'm gonna, you know, maybe he'll be the next Hot Cop. I don't know. Maybe I could just take him and not tell his parents anything, and they'll be fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> we don't ask questions. Yeah, and that, and yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's Gleam the Cube. I guess right <laughs> that is it <laughs> that's gleam in the cube that's what it means what do you think flan was this is this good movie uh, i would you recommend it. would you recommend it to people i will and i have yeah already yeah my well so the thing is i ha- i do have a few not to brag mm-hmm. first of all uh-huh. i do have a few skateboarder friends yeah oh really uh, yeah i might know one of them <laughs> two two of them are named forest uh, oh really there's two forests yeah oh yeah well, one of the forests and i was really questioning like i was like oh i wonder like gleaming the cube i wonder is this a move you can do and like tony hawk pro skater or like is this an actual <laughs> so i i had a text some of, uh, w- one of my skateboarding friends and they're both like young uh-huh. younger yes they're um, younger than you yeah and yeah, they didn't, they don't know what, what, they don't know what I'm talking about. They've never seen the movie either. Probably They've never heard, Uh-oh. never heard of it. Oh man. Yeah. They should watch it. Yeah. And I, I definitely said, I was like, you look into it. I mentioned Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. They were in. Uh-huh. Um, mention, mention Rodney Mullen too now. Yeah. I didn't know Mike, that was him. I didn't see Mike him in the Gill. credits. Also, Gator Rogowski's in there. That's a bad it, guy. Mark Gator Rogowski. Who is who is he? He was a he was a he was a pro skater that got um uh he's in prison. He killed his girlfriend. 
Like, oh yeah. my god! There's a whole documentary on it. It's really screwy. Yeah. With a, did he do it with a skateboard? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Murdered by skateboard. That's so terrible. And I'm laughing about that. No, it's a horrible. Yeah, that's story. fucked up. It's really a horrible story. You should it, like. You should you should check it out. He had a, a, like he was like one of those people. He was really good friends with Tony Hawk, and um, like had like some really bad mental issues. But uh, yeah, Flan, it was nice to talk to you. It's been a long time. It, it I miss, has I miss, been. I miss so playing futsal and soccer with you, and working with you. Uh, Me too. Yeah, and I uh, I this this meal was fantastic god well i guess i need to actually make it yeah i wish i I really wish we could have shared it that would have been that would i think when quarantine is over when coronavirus goes away it this podcast is gonna just go to a new level i'm gonna have i'm gonna have to get like you know i'm gonna have to have a two or three mic setup and we're gonna have to do this stuff in person that's gonna be so cool unit and uh yeah i think it'll bring a whole new level to it yeah that's and everyone can just like hear all the smacking and all the the eating totally i'm sure they can hear me doing it while you were talking i'm sitting in here going (laughs) um but yeah that was good i really appreciate you doing this and thanks for the thanks for the uh recipe and i'm glad you liked gleaming the cube (laughs) Yeah, thank you. know what? It pushed it pushed my boundaries of uh I would never have picked this movie. I never would think this is a movie I will enjoy as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Uh it would really you, blew my expectations out, yeah. out of the water. Yeah. Would you say it was a diamond in the rough? <laughs> yeah. Total. I would say it's a cube in the gleam. And- <laughs> it's a gle- it's a gleam in the cube. It's a gleam in the cube. <laughs> sweet um okay well thank you yeah and uh yeah that's it okay cool all right big thank you to flan for uh being my guest today i highly suggest uh listeners that you make this recipe it is really good and if you haven't seen gleaming gleaming the cube make sure you see it if you can find it somewhere other than australia um, be sure to go to uh, the Dinner with Nate Instagram for pictures and recipes. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review. Yeah, and as always, I am your host, Nate Flansberg, and this has been Dinner with Nate. Thanks for listening.